Are you wanting to know how to raise your energy frequency, find your purpose, and finally have a mission that lights you up in life? This episode is going to dive deep into all of those things. It's probably one of the perfect episodes if you were heading into 2021 and thinking about what if. What if I follow my dreams? What if I change direction? What if I move past fear and truly tap into my potential? Hi, I'm Natalie Sisson, an entrepreneur, best-selling author, speaker, host of this untapped podcast, and a lover of handstands and dogs. I've spent over a decade building successful businesses I love and teaching others to do the same. I want to help you tap into your unlimited potential and make the income and impact you desire simply by being you. In fact, I'm on a mission to help 1,000 women earn at least $10,000 a month and contribute at least 1% of their revenue to causes that they truly care about so that together we can create a ripple effect in this world. So if that sounds like you and you're on board to learn how to make the mindset shifts you need to have the business success you want and the lifestyle that you desire, then this is the podcast for you. My guest today is Shana Lee. She's an intuitive healer and celebrity manifestation coach, a business catalyst and a number one best-selling author of The Soul Frequency, your healthy, awakened and authentic life. She also has a podcast, The Soul Frequency Show, and Shana has a deep passion for leading the conversation on raising your energy frequency and creating a life founded on truth and alignment, which of course is what we're all about here at the Untapped Podcast. So in today's episode, we talked about how do you raise your energy frequency, even when you don't feel you have it in you? How do you find your purpose? And I loved Shana's response to this. It was so unlike any other response you're probably going to find. How to create your mission from the ground up. And you know how much I love a good mission, but also what it doesn't have to be. How to access your truth and live from it. Why success is not enough and how to go from success to fulfillment. And finally, the number one thing that holds us back from changing. So many juicy topics. So without further ado, let's dive in. Welcome to the Untapped Podcast, Shana. It's beautiful to have you here. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, me too. And first off, I would love to know, how do you tap into your potential and get paid to be you? Oh gosh, it starts with figuring out who you are authentically, I think. Like, you know, for so many reasons, we adopt all of these ways of being that are not who we really are. And then that causes sometimes a lot of like confusion. And people say to me sometimes like, I just can't see what I'm supposed to be doing, or I just don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And really, I think it starts with peeling back the layers on who are you really, right? And through the process of peeling back those layers, what starts to rise is your soul mission or your soul purpose, kind of what authentically Have I been gathering the bits and pieces over my lifetime to now come together and express for people? Mm, I love it. Yeah, very, very. So, so, so true. Very true. And specifically, how did you get started out in your journey? Because obviously you help people in in many ways to, like me, uncover their authentic self, um, tap into their mission and really, really feel into their energy and all the good things. But what ways in which do you help people at the moment do that? Like how is your business structured and was it a straight path to that or have you just been developing that over the years there's definitely not a straight path (laughs) not at all Um, I don't think I don't think most people's are you know I had 
built a business and a life that really was about pleasing other people, right? When you peel back all the layers, I built a very pretty life on the outside. I had a real estate career. I was very successful at that. So for all intents and purposes from the outside, I had the things that we call success in our society. Yet I did not feel that inside of myself at all. And as time went on, it felt worse instead of feeling better. I always thought like with more success, it'll all of a sudden at some point feel fulfilling and feel better. And it wasn't until I really was thinking about having a child that everything started to kind of change for me. Because I thought, well, if I want to teach my child to live authentically, like this, this was a beautiful concept to me, except I knew I wasn't doing that. And so it became really glaring between what we know, like when you read all the spirituality books or you read all the personal development books and you know, like, gosh, I want to live like this or I want to be like this. But then at night before you go to bed, you're laying in your bed going, yeah, but that's not really my reality. And so I got very interested in the difference between that. Like, why do we know certain things that sound like a good idea? but we don't put them into practice. And why don't we put them into practice? Why are we afraid, right, of living an aligned life? And that became like a big question point. And so I, of course, didn't jump right to that. I jumped to helping people with their health, to, you know, doing different things in early days of just starting to get used to the fact of, I can put my name out there and I can work with people. Mm. And I think sometimes there's a fear of getting started. And I always say to people, start with what you know, start with the easiest, lowest hanging fruit, and then allow it to build from there. So the work that I do today is drastically different from where I started. But I don't think if I would have waited to start, it would have evolved because it kind of evolved through working with people, getting to know myself in different ways and allowing that authenticity to really shine. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I, I love that actually entrepreneurship is often a squiggly line. And it's through, as you said, those experiments, those experiences, working with the right people, understanding what's motivating them, what help they need with it. You usually end up figuring out what your products, services and offers are through finding those awesome people and just wanting to help them so much. So I love that you said that and I love the journey you've been on. And I'm curious, what is the answer to why people don't work on becoming more aligned? Like what was the answer that you came up with? Your researcher, is it still sort of a work in progress? It's fear. At the end of the day, like it can, fear can manifest as many different things. But again, when you go to the deepest root cause It's our fear of not being accepted, our fear of not being loved, our fear of being alone. Like if I really were to be who I am, will people still be in my life? Will they still, you know, love and accept me? Will they still think I'm great? Like we have a lot of stuff wrapped up in what the people in our life think about us, right? And feel about us. And so there's a lot of kind of like a tangled ball of yarn that we have around this concept of who we see ourselves and how others see ourselves in the world. And that can be so different than who we actually are. Like, you know, as an example, you might've grown up in a family and everybody was a doctor, right? And so it's just assumed that you're going to be a doctor too, except for you were born as an artist and that's what your soul call is. And so for that child growing up in that family, that can be very difficult to look around and say, I'm not like these people. And I know this somewhere deep down inside, 
but how do I communicate that? How do I put this into practical application? And so when I'm working with people, we really talk about like, it's wonderful to know your authenticity and to tap into that, but then how do I integrate that so that my life is a reflection of that? That's the part that, that I think we need a little bit more handholding and tools to, to actually be able to do. I agree, actually. And I'd love to know, you said that you were in real estate and you did super well. I'd love to know how you made that shift into doing what you're doing now and how maybe your family and friends reacted to that initially. Were they supportive or were they like, wow, this is a totally different genre that we're not used to? Well, it was interesting because you would think that after years of business experience and success, that you would just kind of translate that experience into something else, right? Another type of business or sector. That was not my experience at all. I had built so much confidence not being myself that it was very easy for me to put on the suit, put on the, you know, the social mask and to go out there and work for another company, right? To not have it be my name and my face and all of these things. And so when it came to actually having to put me out there, like it felt like I was starting over in a lot of ways. It felt like I right back to the beginning. I remember telling my husband, like, I feel like a little girl again. Like I feel nervous like I did in high school. Right. <laughs> and, and yet I've like, you, no one would think that because I had built this big business, but it's a completely different energy. And I tell people sometimes like when they're switching over from, let's say like working for an employer versus being like an independent contractor or an entrepreneur it's a different energy. It's a different mindset, right? You go about it in different ways. And so, you know, it's normal to feel like you're starting again because you are, right? In many different ways. And especially, you know, a lot of people have a lot of stuff around being seen and heard, like really putting yourself out there. And so there's just, you know, there's just stuff to move through about that. It's always a process of learning more about yourself, right? Like, why is it so nerve wracking for me to put myself out there? Why is it so nerve wracking to change and be more self-reliant on being an entrepreneur? And so that process for me was challenging, right? Even though I had all this business experience and I am, you know, my family, my friends, they were like, wow, you're going to change your life. Like there was a lot of surprise. (laughs) There was also a lot of surprising support from people who had known me for years. So I always tell the story that I created a Facebook page and I put a post up that was kind of like my coming out party. Like, Hey, I'm changing my whole life and I'm changing my business. And I was so nervous to post it that I literally turned off my computer for 24 hours and wouldn't look at it because (laughs) I just was so afraid. And when I turned my computer back on, I looked at it. There were 80 comments of people that I'd gone to high school with people that I had known professionally that said, this is so suited to you. Like we have seen this in you. And it was a really beautiful recognition Mm -hmm. that sometimes other people see things in us that we don't necessarily honor or see in ourselves. So that was a gorgeous way for me to kind of step into it. But there were also people that didn't understand like what, you know, who does this, who just changes their life like midstream and, and does something drastically different. So you confront all of it, right? Whenever we're going to make big changes in life, like people are going to have reactions to that. And this is, again, why we need to be more in our authenticity, because if we allow that to pull us in different directions, then we're never really going to own who we are. Mm. I love that. I also love that all those people stepped up and said, this has been your calling, because I often talk about in your sweet spot, about your own blind spots around what comes naturally to you. And usually it's your friends, your peers, mentors who reflect it back to you, like, 
hey, Shana, you're amazing at this. And you're like, am I? Because, because it comes so naturally. So I really love that they all really recognized that and supported you in it. And I also love it when people don't understand why you're doing what you're doing, because you never know if you inspire them in that moment to be courageous and take a leap. Or you never know, also down the track, they might go, you know, I saw you do that five years ago and I finally get why you did. And I'm doing it now as well. I just, I always think whatever step you take, there's going to be people who just fully support it. There's going to be people who never understand it. There's going to be people who are threatened by it. But that usually is a light that's kind of shine back on what work do they need to do. If they're jealous of that or they're skeptical of it, what does that actually say about them? If they had the, I guess, advantage of being more transparent with themselves, they could get some really great lessons out of that. I know I would. Yeah, totally. So I'd love to ask a couple of questions. So first off, it seems like you're really energized by the work that you do and on purpose now. And I know it's been not necessarily a linear path, nor should it ever be. But for people who are listening to this, like, yes, I'd really love to do this. What's your piece of advice about how to raise your energy frequency? Because I think in any given day, any given week, any given month or year, there are times when we really, really need to draw on in a strength and in a purpose and all the things that make us kind of really work towards our mission and the work we do. But if you're just not feeling that through those days when you're like, ah, oh, how does one go about raising their energy frequency and also keeping it a level that you can access at any time? I mean, is that possible? Yes, it is. And it really has to do with environment mm. more than anything. So we are always resonating with our environment. We tend to draw in things that are like kind energy into our life or that fit like a certain puzzle, right? So if somebody is in a victim mentality in their life, they will draw in perpetrators, right? Because it fits like a puzzle. Um, if somebody finds themselves negative, a lot of times they might draw in other negativity. And then what they do is they reflect back and forth that negativity, right? So they'll say, oh, this person in my life is really negative. Mm -hmm. And they have it in, in themselves too, right? And they're constantly projecting this back and forth with someone. And so to change anything in our life, we have to realize that we are the beacon of energy that's being sent out that is attracting all the players on our movie screen into our life, right? So when we start noticing the things in our life, like, hmm, that's interesting. Why is that in my reality? Like, what am I sending out to bring this person into my reality? Because if you walk into any room of people, like let's say 100, 200 people, there are going to be certain people you feel like you want to walk up and talk to. And there are going to be other people you don't even notice in that room. <laughs> yeah. And this is an energy thing, right? And what do we say when we meet someone we like? Oh, she had a great vibe. Mm. I felt her energy. Therefore, I wanted to walk up to her and talk to her. So our reality is a construct of the energy that we're putting out. And if we can look back at ourselves and say, how do I change this energy that I don't like in my life, how it's showing up, that becomes really empowering. And what we start putting ourselves around. So even like listening to this podcast, right? reading books, like starting to bring higher frequency thought forms and concepts into our life is helping us realign our energy to something different. So if people, sometimes people say to me like, oh, some of the people in my life are so negative. I'm like, then don't go and start having two hour conversations with the negativity. Just start limiting the amount of time mm -hmm. that you spend bringing that energy into your mind body system and start connecting to other things that feel like higher vibrational energy. Because by natural process, you're going to start aligning to it. Mm 
-hmm. And that's where things start to really flip flop in people's lives when they start changing over to, I start feeling better more than I'm not, right? And I start feeling motivated to move forward. And I also developed something because a lot of people tell me that clarity is a problem, right? Like I'm not sure what business I want to build or what is the best thing that I can offer to other people in the world. So there's a lot of you know, just veil to being clear about what our sole purpose is. Or if I were to go out there, like, it sounds great to be an entrepreneur, but what would I do if I went out there? And I kind of developed a PDF to help people with manifestation and understanding this, which you can get on my website at thesoulfrequency.com. But we have to work through that clarity piece too. Like, who am I and how do I want to express myself in the world? Because when we connect with that, there's a natural process that kind of turns on the engine to, oh, this is how I can help people. And this is how I can start to serve humanity, which is really why we're all here. Yeah, I love it. Which I think is a beautiful natural transition into how does one find their purpose? And I know you've been speaking to it a little bit already, and it's such a big question, but what's Shana's take on how does one find their purpose? Well, it's interesting because we tend to approach that like we got to find it out there somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm going to go to the park and find my purpose. <laughs> oh, um, there it is. I think yeah, out there. <laughs> right behind, the, behind this rock. But it's more a natural thing that happens as we, like if you're making a statue, this is a good analogy, and someone, they're going to chisel away the negative space. They're going to get rid of everything that isn't, let's say, the female figure, right? If they're doing a female statue. So they're really looking at it not as anything other than what is not the woman, right? What are the spaces that need to go that are not the woman? And so when we approach like healing work from what is not the soul self, meaning what are the negative imprints? What are the things that have been put on the person, not who they truly are? And we start to chisel away at that. What is left is your soul self. What is left is the truth of who you are. And as you get rid of all of that negative space and release all of those things, which is a process, purpose just is, right? Purpose is the truth of who you are. So it's more of an uncovering or a reawakening than it is a finding, right? Because it's not, we we tend to get in this thing of looking for it outside of ourselves. Oh, if I read this book, I might find my purpose. Or, oh, if I, you know what I mean? If I do this, I might find my purpose, reading books is amazing. Doing things is amazing, but it's really the question lies in what do I need to subtract that isn't really who I am so that purpose can reveal itself to me. So in my practice, and I see this, I mean, hundreds of clients, this happens where there is a point at which they come into a session and say, I feel like I'm supposed to do this. This is who I am. This is what I'm supposed to do. So it's something that occurs between enough has been shed away that their soul self is there looking at itself and it's able to identify the direction it wants to move in. Now, that might not be your final end all and be all, but it, but you're on the path and it's mm. the first step on the path. Thank you so much for explaining that so eloquently. I find it's probably one of the best ways of explaining it. And I, I really hope that this lands and resonates with the listeners because you just did it beautifully. So thank you for sharing that. And, um, and it is really, I love it. Having just done an art class recently where we were always looking for the shadow and the light. And really after it, I had this whole new perspective of going outside and looking at the way the light source was coming and where the shadows were and seeing depth in that and tone. 
And it's interesting, isn't it, doing that in your own life? Like, where are the things that you need to subtract to actually reveal the new you? I love the analogy of the carving. So perfect. So when somebody finds their purpose and they don't find it, so they find it within, they create it, they really develop it and reclaim it. How important is it for them to then turn that into a mission that really fires them up? And I know that this is something that you love to talk about. How do you create your mission from the ground up? It's also something that I hammer home all the time in my 10K club. It's one of the first things I get people to do is understand your why and then develop your mission. Because I feel without it, you're, you don't have a North Star. You don't have this focus for why you want to turn up every day, who you want to help, who you want to serve. And you don't have that focus around what the work is that's going to light you up today and who it's going to impact. So how do you get people to go about building a mission from the ground up? Because I think it can sound really overwhelming to people, especially if they think about the good old corporate mission that's developed kind of in a vacuum. But developing your own personal mission, as Stephen Covey kind of talks about, is really important, but it does require some deep introspection and work. So what's your take on this? I think it's important to not let the word mission be defined for you. So like some people's mission, their sole mission is to be an amazing mother, right? And to be with their children and to spend those hours and to develop, you know, things around that. Like, so it doesn't, it's not necessarily a business for everybody. And I think where people get really burnt out or tired or overwhelmed is when they decide that the mission has to be something that it's doesn't need to be right. Mm -hmm. Or they decide that they see someone else doing something and building some huge business. And they think, oh my gosh, for me to feel good about my mission, I have to build a huge business too. And it needs to be this successful when really that's not how their energy works. Some people, you know, when we talk about scaling businesses and stuff, some people, it would be disastrous for them to try to scale to a seven figure business because they just, that's not where their heart lies. They don't have the type of time or energy or desire, right? To focus that much energy into their mission. It's not what they came here for. So it's really important. This goes back to authenticity is once, you know, kind of like, this is, I think why I'm here and I'm supposed to help this group of people or people who struggle with this or people who've been through this, Then it's important to sit back before you start the building process and lay the foundation, which is looking at how do I feel called to serve? There is an infinite amount of ways to fulfill a mission, right? And there's no, you have to do it this way. And so it's really taking into account your own personal energy stores. Like some people have more energy available to them consistently. Some people don't, right? taking a look at your life. How does this fit into my lifestyle? How does it fit into my family? If you have a family or whatever your life circumstance is and what's my aptitude for risk and my aptitude for growth. Like these are all very personal things. And so you want to take it one step at a time. And we live in a culture, I say all the time that is really obsessed with building the building, right? I'm going to build the mission. I'm going to grow the mission in five days and five steps and all this kind of stuff, right? (laughs) But the truth of it is, first and foremost, we need to set the foundation because anything you build, you want it to be on a solid foundation. And the foundation of your mission is you. The foundation of the mission needs to be strong so the mission can be built to five stories, 10 stories, whatever it is for you that's your dream or goal. 
But if you don't take the time to really think about this, you know, sometimes I coach people who have built very big missions and they get to 10 stories and they're like, wait a second, I just built something I didn't want to build, right? Mm -hmm. This is not where I want to be. And this is why wherever the stage you are, to be able to stop takes a lot of discernment Mm -hmm. and to be able to just reflect on how do I best serve? Am I serving three people? Am I serving five people? Do I see myself serving the world? Like, what is it for me intuitively that I feel called to? And to be able to honor that and think about that prior to starting the actual action, right, of doing any type of mission building. And also, you know, what excites you about it? So, you know, if your mission is to help children, there are many different ways people help children, drill down deeper than that. What is it that you love to do to help children, right? What's the deeper step in that? And what's the vehicle for that? So there's a lot of pre-planning that I feel like sometimes I'm stopping people from the desire to build just for a second so that we understand the roadmap of what we're building and why we're Mm -hmm. building that and how that not only serves other people, but how does that serve your life? Because if you're not inspired and excited and you're not well, right? You burnt yourself out, then how can you really help, right? You have to be able to fill your cup too. And so all of those things need to be taken into account. Mm, Yeah, beautiful. And I would also say the stage of life you're in, because when you're in your 20s, your personal mission and energy might be completely different to when you're in your 40s or 50s or 60s. Also, your lived experiences have changed and the things that are important to you will change as well. As you said, when you you know, wanted to become a mum, things started shifting for you and what your priorities were and what really was important and how you wanted to show up and be true. So I think that's always important to know. And that there are also times in your life when you don't have to be heading for a mission or striving or achieving, which I think a lot of us do, myself included, where you can actually just be and you can be working on you and you can be looking at how you can become a better version of you. And you can be maybe taking some quiet time to reflect and appreciate and be grateful and sort of ease into it. I saw somebody in a group the other day saying for the first time in their life, they just weren't motivated in business. They didn't feel like making money. And this was in a money group. It was really fascinating. And I thought it was super brave and awesome of them to go, hey, what happens when you literally just are not motivated and you don't want to do this? Like, what's the saying? Has anybody been in this place before? And I, I just thought it was really great conversation for people to have to show that this happens and that you, even when you do have a lovely personal mission and you do have focus and you are invigorated, there are still going to be days when you're just like, ah, oh, don't actually want to get out of bed. Yeah. Yeah. There are seasons to life, right? Mm-hmm. There are points. And if it's a resting season, it's good to know that. Mm. I'd love to touch on actually coming back to your original story around when you were in real estate and you realized that success wasn't enough for you and that you wanted to have more fulfillment. And I'd love to talk about how do people do that? How do they go from always focusing on success, metrics, numbers, money, things, houses, all the stuff that we talk about a lot is seems important. And then some days you just realize, wait a minute, I've got a whole lot of stuff, but not a whole lot of actual inner happiness and inner peace and inner fulfillment. And I don't need all this stuff for that. So how do people move from striving for success into deep fulfillment? It's difficult sometimes to tell people like, look, you know, more things doesn't, isn't going to fill that fulfillment pot. 
until you actually are experiencing that, but it doesn't, right? And people will say that all the time, you know, people who own businesses or people that are, you know, big figures will say, look, I, I got to this point and I built this and it didn't, it didn't equal fulfillment. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to really feel that, you know, when you're someone that feels like you're striving to reach a certain number or a certain level of success. But I think if you can, at least, even if you haven't felt that experience, say to yourself, like, what if chasing after things or money or trying to hit a certain number, just what if it doesn't equal fulfillment? Because if you can at least ask yourself that question, then you can ask yourself the next question, which is, well, what does, right? What does ultimately fulfill us? Like if you take the word success, it's kind of like success, like sucking excess. <laughs> and if you take the word fulfilled, it's kind of like fully filled, right? Mm. Fully filled up. So many times returning to your childhood and looking at the things that you love to do from, let's say, age six or seven to age maybe 12 or 13, that you naturally gravitated towards. These are things that maybe nobody told you to want to do them. You just wanted to take lessons in this or wanted to do art or wanted to do this. These are many times things that can help us return to ourselves. So incorporating some of these things, even if they feel childish, like if you love to do cartwheels and you can still do them, I just recommend go and do them. I do. I do them all the time. Good. Yes, so good. Because it helps you actually return to those moments, right? Mm -hmm. It's a cellular memory as we're doing these things that return us to our truth. And many times it's like a portal. It's like an access point, right? So like if we loved art when we were young and we haven't done it in years and we start doing art again, it's like there's a remembering process in that of like, who am I really? Who am I before life happened and before things went wrong and before I had to move through all of that? And then I can start to use that as like an energy in my life. Like, oh, I remember loving this and I remember loving that. And when we start looking at our life as a thing of how can I spend more of my time doing things that are fulfilling, right? that is going to naturally shift your energetic frequency. So we are naturally here to feel joyful and to feel fulfilled. It's funny because sometimes the things that come most naturally to us, we try to talk ourselves out of them. Well, that can't be my purpose. I mean, that's so simple. Anyone can do that, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and it's not true. It's not so simple that anyone can do it. It's just simple for you because it's your natural gift. And we think that like making money or creating a mission or business has to be super hard. You know, we have to train in all these different ways. And, and sometimes your mission is the simplest thing. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's that gift you've had all your life that has seemed like, seamless, right? Like, oh, anybody could do this. But then when you start to really do it for people, you start to realize, oh, people get value in this. And maybe everybody can't do this. And maybe this is something that is my gift. So when we return to the past and we reclaim the parts of ourselves, it helps open the door to the future. And wherever you are on the spectrum of building your mission or making money, I just recommend this exercise because it can unlock that next level of expansion. I mean, we're always growing. So in locking that next door is a process that we're all in all the time. It's all about reclaiming those childhood dreams and coming back to them because there's usually golden clues in there, right? That you've, as you said, put aside for life to happen or to people please or to go down the conventional route. And when you start coming back to you, you're like, wait a minute. No, these are the things that I really love and light me up. So for those people listening who are inspired and like, yes, Shannon, tell me more. What do you think is the number one reason why they might not make that change? 
even though they've listened to this, even though they've been inspired, what is the number one reason why people don't make changes? Just the fears that come up and fears that are tricky because we we don't really even use the word fear or identify with that. Sometimes we'll just say things like, I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I don't have the support, right? These are the main blocks that we have in life. And beneath that block of, I don't have the time, I don't have the money, right? I don't have the support. I don't have the knowledge. All these things we say to ourselves is, I'm afraid. And if we can admit, if we can just say the words, I'm afraid, I'm afraid to fail. I'm afraid to succeed. How would that make my life different? I'm afraid it won't work. I'm afraid of disappointment, right? These are the things that keep us not going beyond our comfort zone. And if we can just admit that to ourselves, like in the mirror in the morning when you're brushing your teeth, you will start to move that energy. Meaning if we can't admit that to ourselves, that energy has control over your life. If you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, look at me, I'm afraid, right? I'm afraid to take this next step. I'm afraid to move forward in my life. I'm afraid what people think and just get it out of your body. Just speak it out then you have a chance to move beyond that fear. And that's really what our mission gives us is this opportunity to show up for ourselves in a new way and to step out of our comfort zone and to get to know who we are without all the negative space, right? Without all the things that are the veil to our soul self. And so as you're building a mission to help other people, what you're doing is getting to see yourself fully right? And getting to feel empowered at each step when you let go of these fears and you're able to move forward. Mm. Yeah, I really love that. And I often find when you admit something like that to yourself, your body and your psyche goes, oh, okay, so you you are afraid you admit that. Cool. Let's work, work on a solution. Let's look at what we can do and what we know to be true. And just that admitting process is really honoring your truth, right? And then you can actually do something about it versus denying that. So I really, really love that piece of advice. Thank you so much. This has been a blast. I'm sure we can dive into many more topics, but I want to leave on this point, I guess, of where people can find out more about you and the great work that you're doing. Yeah, our home hub is the soul, S-O-U-L, frequency.com. And also I'm on Instagram at the soul frequency. And we do have a private Facebook group, which is free called the soul frequency VIP. Perfect. I love it. So search out, Shana. We'll also put them in the show notes for you. Thank you so much for your time and insight today. It's been absolutely beautiful. Oh, thanks for having me. I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Shana. I personally was really energized by it. I thought we were so on track with hopefully helping you uncover your energy, your purpose, your mission, and really taking a step forward in life in all those places that maybe you've been holding back. How can you reclaim your childhood dreams and go back to doing the things that light you up and do them with more purpose and intention and for yourself first and foremost and then serving others to make that income and impact that you desire. This is something that we dive into often in the 10k club because I find it's truly so important to come from an aligned place rather than from a place of must do, have to do, need to do. If you are interested, enrollments are now open for the 10K Club, which is a beautiful space for women entrepreneurs who want mentoring, who want to learn, and who want a committed bunch of women who will surround and support them and uplift them on their journey as they make 10K a month or more and the impact that they truly, truly desire. 
Head to nataliesisson.com forward slash 10k, that's 10k, to see the beautiful page full of all the amazing information on exactly why this is such a unique club and a club that you might very well want to be part of. I'm Natalie Sisson, you've been listening to the Untapped podcast. Please do rate and review this on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere that you are listening to this. I would so love it. Thank you to everybody who's been leaving a review recently. It really helps more people to find this content, especially if you're listening to it every week. Why wouldn't you? Share it with your loved ones, especially this episode if you feel that they're a little bit lost and they need to find their purpose and do it in a totally different way than maybe they've ever thought about. By the way, you can always find the show notes for every episode at nataliesisson.com forward slash podcast. And in the meantime, please tap into your potential and go and have an incredible week. Make an impact in somebody else's life.